Welcome to Adaptation, the podcast that dives into all things self-optimization and self-discovery, helping you be your best inside and out. I'm your host, Steve Katazi, and today, things get interesting. Damn, this conversation was fantastic, mind-blowing, and just really thought-provoking. It was with regular guest Brent Jenkins, but this time joining remotely given the current lockdown situation, to explore and reflect on how fixed and growth mindsets manifest in the real world and how it's unlikely you possess just one or the other. And I know, perhaps overpopularized now, many people are quick to label themselves as having a growth mindset these days because they are taking some risks and they're learning. But Are they really growth-minded? What started off as a discussion to define these two mindsets and then showcase our individual shifts from fixed to growth ended up becoming a conversation with more questions than answers. Our fixed mindset tendencies started to shine through. I think this is an important conversation with lots of definition and education for sure, but made gritty and real by exposing the multi-dimensional realities of being human. A truly fascinating discussion that seemed pretty straightforward at first, but as we got into things, we started scratching our heads a little. Hopefully these stories and insights resonate and also offer some inspiration on how you can further embrace your growth mindset and ultimately your potential. As always, you can check out the full show notes of this episode by clicking in the link within the description of this episode. I've listed everything we get through so you can get a little bit of an insight as to where this conversation is going to go. And if this discussion resonates with you, please help others find our show by leaving a five-star rating or review in your podcast app and tagging us in a screenshot, whether it be on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. And lastly, if you want to take your personal growth to the next level, check out our Be Your Best self-optimization journey, which is an online self-improvement program like no other, letting you into the human code and helping realize your full potential and be your best. You can find more details as well as a podcast listener discount in the episode notes. Okay, let's do it. We have Bryn Jenkins and myself getting deep into fixed versus growth mindsets. Hey, Bryn, welcome onto the podcast again, but this time remotely. Thanks for having me on, Steve. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, this is uh, (laughs) the first time um, I'm ever doing this over Skype, so it's going to be a new challenge, but it's going to be interesting to see how the conversation Conversation flows without being able to pick up your your uh, your cues and your um, emotions because typically when you're looking at someone and you're having a conversation, you, you can look for when they're taking a breath or a pause, and that's when you can jump in on the conversation. Obviously, on Skype, that's a little bit different. So, interested to see how it plays out. Well, uh, you're, you're you're a true guest of adaptation now because uh, in most of our interviews it's done remotely usually it's done just audio uh, partly because we don't use the video um, for the podcast and partly because the audio quality is better so yeah it, we are definitely handicapped but hey it's a sign of the times right with social distancing and uh, you know doing our part to uh, you know prevent the, the spread of the virus we're we're yeah. taking one for the team and we're, we're we're connecting remotely but hopefully this will be 
just the same for the audience as it normally is, man. But um, welcome back. Thanks for getting on the show today, Bryn. I know we um, we had a little think about what is kind of front front of mind for us both. Um, and you had or had a desire to want to talk about mindset in particular. Do you want to frame this up for us and then we can kind of get into it? Yeah, so something, obviously, we're all in lockdown at the moment. So I wanted to take the opportunity whilst I have a little bit more time um, to kind of reflect and think about things. And uh, one of the things I almost kind of stumbled across was uh, a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. Now, although I've kind of been somewhat aware of this concept, um, I have looked into it a little bit more, done a little bit more research. Um, it's kind of evoked something internally within me that's gone, wow, I really, really recognize um, the these experiences I've had in the past with a fixed mindset and how I've now, um, whether that's conscious or unconscious, I've managed to kind of develop a growth mindset. And now I'm looking into it, I'm now deliberately understanding what a fixed mindset is versus a growth mindset, which is now allowing me to really double down on a growth mindset. Now, uh, a fixed mindset, in my mind, is where you almost feel like where you are or when you were born, you were genetically um, in a position and fixed with certain traits, certain IQ, and that you can't develop or improve on those um, much beyond where you currently are at now. With a growth mindset, you're thinking, okay, well, you know what? I was born with the talents I've got, but that is just my starting point. And I can do whatever I want to do in life. I can be and do whatever I want as long as I put in the work and I develop and I do discipline practice that will get me to where I want to be because that's the growth mindset. And when I was younger, I used to almost look at my peers at school and they would be much better at, um, say, football as an example. And I'd almost feel like the reason they're good at football is because they were born with that talent, because I had a fixed mindset. And I, would, I wouldn't put the practice in to get better at it because I, I didn't think that that would, that would help because I didn't believe in a growth mindset at that point. And no one had kind of guided me or told me about growth mindset. Now, looking back, if I'd known that, I would have gone, you know what, if I want to be better at football and I want to join in and be as good as they are, all I need to do is practice and play more and I need to be disciplined in my practice to make sure I'm practicing the right things and get the repetition in, the consistency. And now I adopt this growth mindset, I am getting much better at certain skills that I didn't or once um, believe I would be able to get good at. Does that make sense? Did you want to cover that at all, Steve? No, I think that's a really good frame, man. That is a good frame. Um, this idea that people or ourselves are innately gifted and therefore you know our destiny is, is pretty much defined is i think something that we we all struggle with um i also think that people can have a growth mindset in certain areas of their life and have a fixed mindset in others and, and maybe we can explore that so um I've done a bit of reading as well, and um, I actually had the benefit of reading a book called Mindset by Carolyn Dweck uh, a couple months ago. So this is still pretty fresh in my mind. And uh, and she is a researcher, long, lifelong researcher 
into mindset. And she she grew up with a fixed mindset around how smart she was. She got reinforced uh, by school and by her parents that she was smart at maths. Uh, but on, upon reflection, she realized how much of a, an Achilles heel that was to her overall growth and development. So um, she wrote this book with research in mind. She spent a lot of times in schools, working with kids, working with adults, um, having a research team and doing a ton of investigation, scientific investigation. So she's basically the authority in describing these two mindsets and really almost the inventor of this vernacular. So um, maybe, Brina, I can kind of dip a little bit into her book and just give us her definition of the mindsets and we can kind of work from there. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. All right. So um, she describes a growth mindset. Oh, no, let's start with fixed. She describes a fixed mindset as intelligence is static. And in these people, they um, uh, they look, they have a desire to look smart. And therefore, they have a tendency to avoid challenges um, because that could undermine their smartness or capability. So they avoid opportunity to fail. Um, they can get defensive and easily give up when there are obstacles set in their way. They can avoid effort because it can be seen as fruitless or worse. It could undermine their position. They typically ignore useful negative feedback about their personality because they take it personally. And they can be successful, but they typically don't fulfill their full potential because they're unwilling to stretch and learn. Whereas a growth mindset, really, it's not the polar opposite, but it is quite different. Uh, a growth mindset is focused on intelligence being developed, not being innate, but something you work towards. Um, it, this leads them wanting to have a learner tendency, a kind of beginner's mind, and they embrace challenges because they see challenges as part of growth. They look at obstacles and persist through those obstacles because they realize this is part of their journey. They typically embrace effort and realize that everything comes down to effort and practice and mastery. They bring on, usually willingly bring on criticism uh, and constructive feedback because it allows them to learn about themselves. And they find lessons and inspiration um, from successful people. They don't, they're not fearful or envious of successful people. In actual fact, they look at them to try and replicate or understand how they can to be successful. And as a result, these people can uh, achieve greatness. They typically can get to the top of their, their field, but their goal isn't to be at the top. Their goal is for continuous development and progress and as a result of their passion of learning you can often find these people at the top now what i will say is fixed mindset individuals are not limited individuals in terms of talent or capability you can find fixed mindsets in in sport in music in business endeavors in financial pursuits and these individuals can be incredibly wealthy incredibly talented incredibly capable um but they also have a cap, a limit to their potential, and they're quite vulnerable to being knocked off of their perch. 
because they see themselves on a perch. They see themselves in a position where they need to protect their given ability. And you see this across sports. Uh, you see this specifically around the coachability of sports people. Fixed mindset individuals believe they have a God-given talent to be great at basketball because they're tall, they're strong, they've had reinforcement through their, their childhood. But these individuals will not necessarily put in the effort to develop, learn from their mistakes, um, dust themselves off, and overcome periods of failure. So that's kind of how I kind of see well, how she describes it in a nutshell. Does that kind of make sense? Does that kind of put a finer point on it in on how you think about it, Bryn? Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it's um, an important point that you made as well about fixed mindset can be um, broken down into finance, sport. It could be learning languages. It could be you know different skill sets. What I'm interested because um, I want to kind of hear your experience. Where are your fixed mindsets? Do you find there's certain areas of your life that you have a fixed mindset? Because I know you try to adopt a growth mindset, but naturally sometimes we tend to lean to a fixed mindset by default and we almost have to catch ourselves in order to change that. Yeah, so I, I would say it's, it's, it's a difficult one because when, when I read the book and when I reflect on myself just at a high level, I'd say I'm insatiably curious. I am a questioner. I enjoy learning and I embrace challenge. So I think the, the majority of me has at least developed into having a growth mindset where impossible is nothing, right? I, I, I'm not naive to think that I can be the best at any given thing you can throw at me, you know, sport, music, so forth. I, I know my limits. Um, but I have a tendency to to not to not limit myself to feel relatively boundless if I'm passionate, enthusiastic, and I put in the reps. That being said, there are absolutely areas in my life um, where I probably still have a fixed mindset now, Bryn. Like mm. for example, I just mentioned a couple of them. Music. I know I'm not musical, right? I can't play piano. I can't sing. I can't remember lyrics. Um, I can't play the guitar. <laughs> Um, I just don't seem to have musicality in me. Now, what am I projecting to you, Bryn? Am I projecting into you that I just don't have the talent and I am handicapped forever and a day in my ability to get better at music? Or am I saying I've got a, you know, I've, I've got a fixed mindset. I have many talents. One, music isn't one of them. And therefore, there's no point even trying. Now, I think the honest answer, Bryn, is I'm, I'm being fixed. Maybe it's because I'm not interested. Maybe mm -hmm. it's because I don't value music. There could be a number of reasons why I decided I don't want to put in any effort. But really, the, my, my musicality is a function of my lack of effort since birth. I've never made any effort. And therefore, when I look at musicians, I'm gobsmacked at their capability because for me, it's foreign. It's completely alien. I think so one of the the key things that I I have sort of recognized is when you're adopting a growth mindset it's all about your beliefs and I think foundationally step one you have to change your beliefs if you want to adopt a growth mindset so listening to you there it sounds like you 
I would actually disagree. I'd say you don't sound like you have a fixed mindset because I think you recognize that if you wanted to, you would you believe that you could get better at it if you put the work in, but you choose not to because you're not that way inclined and you're probably just not that interested. You're probably in awe of, of what people can do musically, but you, um, I'm assuming, are not that bothered about improving playing on the guitar or piano. But the belief is there because I, when I obviously work with you, I, I realise that you believe in yourself a lot when it comes to developing. And that to me shows a strong sign of growth mindset. Now I know obviously there'll be times where you sort of fall into a fixed mindset. We all do. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, this is, this is a huge kind of wake up call to me going, wow, like I literally just need to believe that I can get, I can get good at anything as long as I put the work in. Now, some things I'm starting further away from than others. Mm. So me, musically, I'm a little bit closer probably than you as um, I, there's a guitar in my lounge, my brother's a musician, my dad was a musician. So I have been surrounded by it. And when I was younger, I'd, I'd, I'd sing a lot in the shower. Um, so I would practice it a lot more but I never believed that I could actually get as good as my brother or my dad now now that I've kind of changed my belief I've gone right well actually you can do anything you want to do as long as you put the work in so I picked up the guitar after after 10 years because my dad bought it um for me um when I was in my sort of late teens early 20s and I never actually picked it up because I didn't believe that I could actually get any better at it um, but in matter of fact, I just wasn't sitting down and putting in the discipline practice. But 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 the reason I wasn't doing that because I didn't believe. And once I did, I picked it up, I practiced, and suddenly I started making music. Like there was a tune to what I was doing. It didn't mm. sound like I was um, um, like a cat screaming. It actually sounded like music. So I was like, wow, I'm making this instrument instrument in my hand create music. And suddenly I was like, wow. And that kind of reinforced a positive. Um, loop that then made me go, okay, I can do this. And then what else can I do? And that really then started pushing my belief and self-confidence. And that's when you start looking at other areas of your life and going, okay, what else can I improve? Yeah. I, you said you don't think I've got a fixed mindset. I would say that whilst we're on the mics and I'm allowing myself to reflect, Bryn, I can, I can say I understand the reason I'm no good at uh, playing piano is because I've not tried and I've not tried because I've not cared and why have I not cared maybe I am genuinely not interested maybe I'm fearful um, and I remember being at school and you know we'd do music lessons we had a pretty good music set up at our school and they had various instruments and we'd go off into little groups and try and make pieces and I was aloof I was nonchalant I was disinterested and I would just make noise because I, I I I think I was fearful of failure, fear, fearful of believing I, I didn't have this ability. So honestly, at 38, I don't think that's really changed. I, I can I can be logical with you now, Bryn, and say, I know I could if I wanted to, but my default position is that I can't. So I still need to work through that. Not because I really want to play music. Maybe I do. Maybe if I let go of the fear and I let go of some other emotions, maybe I, I would want to explore that. I see my daughter play music and it's like, wow, that's amazing. Um, but for me, I, I still, in my mind, keep going back to I can't. But then on the opposite 
side, and this is where it can be da- dangerous, I think I'm smart. Now, that you might say that's arrogant, and I, I hear you, but I genuinely have a lot of, um, I guess, self-esteem when it comes to my intelligence and ability to articulate. And I've had that reinforced from a very young age. Not necessarily from my mum. Actually, my mum was in awe of my my kind of willingness to learn because that really wasn't her MO. But I got that reinforced at such a young age from primary school all the way throughout schooling. You know, you're smart, Steve. You pick things up. You learn differently. You have insatiable curiosity. You can work hard. You you, you work without asking. Um, and I done well at school. So I, I continue, even to this day, to get reinforcement that I'm smart, that I think differently, um, highly capable. So I can easily fall into a fixed mindset, even though I'm growth oriented in my ability and desire to learn, I can get fixed in this sense of talent. Mm. Yeah, that I have this gift. Um, but is it a gift? Is it a gift? Or is it just curiosity? And, and a willingness to learn. And if I can be more honest with myself and say, I'm not gifted, like stop stop telling yourself that story because you're limiting yourself because now you're defending with pride who you are. <laughs> that's no good. That's not that's not good for me because at some point I'm gonna I'm gonna hold myself back because I've created this label of who I am. So I think it swings both ways, man. And I think honestly, there's many of these things. Like one other example, and then I kind of want your your thought on this is my kids. After reading this book, I realized it was doing a terrible job with the way in which I supported my kids' growth. What I was doing, and I don't know, I don't know if other people hearing this will, will kind of, it will resonate, but I've got two very different girls, Holly and Kira. And Holly is, <laughs> it's just challenging to say this because I know I'm saying the wrong thing. She is talented. She's talented in the swimming pool. She's talented academically. Um, she's got an infectious personality. She's enjoyable to be around. She seems to pick things up, everything quickly. And therefore, because she is oriented towards acquiring new skills relatively quickly, it's easy for me to say, and I have said many, many times, Bryn, and so is Michelle, and so is many people around her, she's just smart. She just gets it. She picks things up quickly. She's talented. So I would say to her, you're really smart. You're talented. You're beautiful. You're amazing at swimming. You know, I'll give her all of these, all of this praise. But guess what? I can see how damaging it has become because she now owns and, you know, tries to protect this position of talent, which makes her really, really, really vulnerable to failure. As soon as she does, she hits a brick wall on something that, exposes that she doesn't know, hasn't understood, or hasn't yet grasped any appropriate level of skill, she can break down. You can see this in games when we're at home and we're playing board games, or you can see it when she's doing homework and she doesn't understand it. You can see it when, you know, every swimming race where she she hasn't done well. You can see this across her life that when she butts up against shit, I'm not as good as everyone else, or this is difficult, she breaks down. Now, we're trying to overcome that, but I have to take ownership of that and say, you know what, part of this has come from the fact that we keep reinforcing her that she's talented, but in actual fact, she's just putting the work, and she's a curious mind. What do you think about that, man? 
So my my thoughts on that from uh, a book that I've read on parenting, because obviously I've got a little Joshua now who's nine months, um, and I'm trying to read as much as I can before he gets to a certain age where I can obviously start teaching life lessons. And um, I came across um, a scenario very similar where they were talking about how you reward your kids for doing a good job. And something that the the um, author was saying is that you need to reward effort as opposed to mm-hmm. rather than saying you are talented and you're you're clever and you're smart it's going so if they draw a picture you then look at that picture and go wow like you put in so much effort that's yes, amazing yes. as opposed to going wow you're so talented or um you're such a good artist so rather than rewarding their talent it's rewarding their effort because then they start to go Oh, okay, well, it's the effort that matters. It's it's the effort behind it. And if I don't succeed at something, that's probably because I didn't put the effort in. Um, so, I mean, I'm I'm not there. This is just what I've read. And um, that situation that you've just explained there kind of reminded me of what I'd learned in this book. Absolutely. So, so um, Carolyn Dweck says exactly the same thing. She says, do not tell your kids that they're smart. Don't tell them that they're talented be very careful about praising them. It doesn't mean you can't praise them, but you're right. You, you're, the true gift you can give your kids is to teach them to love challenges, to be intrigued by mistakes, to enjoy effort, to seek out new strategies, and really to just keep on learning. You can praise that. Some And, you know, a kid can do great work. Like they can, you know, finish their maths in five minutes where it was expected to take 20 minutes. So what do you do? You're so smart. You're you're amazing. Go go go. Take a chill or go. Great. It shows that you've really grasped that concept and you've been re- working really hard to understand that. Fantastic. Seems that the work was a little bit too easy for you. Now let's try and do something that's going to really you know challenge you and help you grow, and like reward them from for for basically doing more work as opposed to saying yeah you're you're great you know. You don't have to. You don't have to work, and I think that unfortunately becomes a reinforcing theme of the fixed mindset. The talented fixed mindset individual will go, "I don't have to try to be great." The basketball player, the footballer, I don't need to try to be great. But that only goes so far, right? Because at some point, you come up against greater individuals, people that do put in more effort, like a uh, Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan, we we'd say is talented. It's because he fucking trains constantly and forever. He's he's always looked at his 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 craft, which is basketball, as something that he's forever developing. The hours upon hours upon hours of practice as a kid, the hours of practice before the game, you know, the assessment of everything he's ever done, watching back of the videos. Like he was never content to say, I'm there, I'm arrived, I've got it. I can stop now. It's a continuous development in his mind. And that's what made, has made him so great. He's got there because he loved what he's doing and he loved learning and developing. And I think if we can help our kids and help ourselves understand that, that's that's really the joy of life, is the journey and the progress. A fixed mindset cares more about the outcome, getting there. The growth mindset individual passionately enjoys growing and developing and learning and going through the challenges and as a result they get the outcome that the fixed mindset wants and sometimes even more and i find that really compelling there's a um there's 
a quote that I really uh, enjoy, which what you're talking about here reminds me of the quote, which is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I love that because it just rings true to me. And I'm like, wow, okay. So obviously there's a level of talent there um, because obviously we are, I, I feel like genetics uh, obviously help, but they aren't everything. And like we're saying here, you can't have a fixed mindset thinking that it is just your genetics and, and therefore you have the talent. Um, I just feel like there's starting points and uh, there's certain areas in your life that you are ahead of uh, than others. So for me, playing basketball, I'm probably much further back and I'll probably have to put in more work than Michael Jordan, for an example, um, because he's taller um, and he's, I, I don't know what his starting position was like. However, um, we know that he was very talented and then he worked hard with a repetition and consistency. And um, that's where he's he's got the perfect formula where he's going, okay, well, I've, I've, I've got a talent and now I'm going to work bloody hard at that talent. And therefore I create mastery. And, and I'm one of the best. And I think that talent, um, talent when it works hard is, 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 uh, not to be overlooked. Um, and not really, not just sitting back with a fixed mindset and thinking I am talented at this. So therefore I do not need to work hard because someone will overtake you. I mean, think about this for a second, Bryn, like art, for example, you know, drawing, painting, etc. You can, you know, go to art galleries or just see pieces people's art or you just see on social media as kids as, as parents post their kids work and some stuff like truly amazes me like you know whether it's real realism or whether it's just creativity you go wow like i can't do that i can't do that and that is the fixed mindset in me speaking it's going that there's too big a gap between where i'm at now and that person therefore i can't but the reality is people find art at any time in their life, right? Quite often you'll find people my age, 20 or, you know, 10, 20 years older, finally pick up a paintbrush and start, you know, finding their creative outlet and they can do some incredible work. But the reality is a Picasso or any other famous artist, they weren't born with the ability to produce the work that they're famous for now. That they they didn't right and and instinctively we know that to be true right you, you know you don't look at you know famous art uh, artists work now and go that what was the product of their of their talent when they were five you knew when they were five they were scribbling on a piece of paper and it made no sense and it was rubbish like in in you know in the kids in kid you know the the lovable in you know way that kids produce rubbish art but we can still appreciate it <laughs> yep through, I guess, passion, interest, curiosity, probably introvertism, just like a, like a, at oneness with their kind of craft and the enjoyment of it, the studying of other artists, the studying of other techniques, the playing around with concepts, the, just a constant, you know, focus to go deeper and explore and try and practice. You get these artists that have gone from clearly unable to draw at some point in their life to creating masterpieces. I can't look at art and say that therefore must be a talent, albeit the fixed mindset in me, Brim, will say, but they must be talented. Mm. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's, it's I, I guess it's how you perceive it, how you're looking at it. Because don't, don't, don't you kind of look at, you know, the world's best musicians uh, or, or people that, you know, produce great art uh, or pianists or um, and people with, you know, can do great things with violin and you just go, they have some musicality that's within them. Like Ed Sheeran, for example, right? You look at Ed Sheeran and you say, he's a talented motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. um, and therefore, and, and you can stop there and go, He's talented. End of. Stop. <laughs> let's put the yep. let's let's put the mics down now and talk about something else. But the reality is, he's had to work hard to get to where he's at. Now, how much of what he is today is a result of his hard work, tenacity, and curiosity, and how much of it is innate and fixed and was already there? I don't really know. I guess this touches on the point of self-awareness. And I think that if you have good self-awareness to the point where you go, I know I, because we do, we, I, I do believe that we do have a gift. Um, like you're saying, when you were younger, you, you almost had, or you felt like it was a gift that you had, um, this mindset to kind of, um, or like Holly, for an example, pick things up really quickly and learn that, that to me is a gift because when you're younger, you, you don't have to work too hard be good at that um it, a Jiren probably didn't have to work that hard to sound good when he sang but he did have to work hard to get to the level he's at now which is world class which is why he's he's um, so well renowned um but he obviously had the awareness or people were telling him and i think he recognized that he had had some sort of gift and then he doubled down that gift and then worked mm-hmm. hard and got good at it um and I think that's kind of really important to have that self-awareness and um, something that that we can all practice. I mean, I'm always practicing self-awareness and trying to trying to get to know myself and go, what am I good at? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Um, do I want to double down on my strength or do I want to actually double down on my weakness? Like, what what do I want to what am I good at? What do I want to bring up? Um, and with that comes a change in identity as well. Um, the conversation around kind of identity really um, interests me because I I struggle with this a lot with with anyone that I'm coaching when they're trying to let's say they're just trying to lose weight they are essentially becoming a new person that they're changing their identity um, and if they don't believe in in the person they're becoming um, or they don't have the awareness to know that they're changing their identity, then they might act as their older identity or the identity they currently are, but the identity they don't want to be. So for an example, if you're going to lose weight, you you have to become someone else because you have to have, your life will look different. If you're going to lose 10 stone, you have to eat differently. You have to uh, move more on a daily basis. You have to change the way you perceive and look at things. So therefore, your life is different and you are different. You have a slightly different identity and you need to go, who is it I want to be? Um, And that's the person I want to be. I want to be someone that's in that shape. That means I need to act in the same manner and the same way that they act because I will um, obviously adopt similar habits. And I think that going back to, say, Ed Sheeran, 
when he was younger, I, I don't know. But he he obviously didn't see himself as um, someone that was extremely. I, I don't know this, but I'm just speculating that when you're younger, you don't know that you're a world class singer. He was probably just very good at singing. Thought I'm pretty good. People obviously notice there's a bit of a gift and a talent there. But he had to change his identity and become this musician, someone that picks up a guitar and plays a guitar and practices and sings and he can rap and there's so many other things he can do. And I think he's obviously had to develop and build that and then become this world-class singer, this very talented musician. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I agree, man. I think it's, it is, it's difficult when you look at extreme performers, isn't it? Because you can't help but to label them as having something that you don't because they they do right now ed sheeran has a lot of things that i don't and um not least lots of money but it it can be easy to then draw the conclusion that i can be envious of him right and i can say it's not fair because he has these things and i don't and I, I, I honestly don't, I don't, I don't think that way, Bruin. Right? I'm just, um, I'm playing devil's advocate. I, I personally don't feel that way when I, when I meet or uh, come into contact with people that are doing incredibly well. The majority of me thinks, okay, I want to know what they did. I want to know how they did it. I want, I want to understand the process they put themselves through to become world class. If, if what they do interests me, right? Now let's be clear. You, I think your message is 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 sound, but it, it can be it can come across even slightly um, naive to think that you can be anything you want, because I think you, for you to achieve greatness, you need to do what's uniquely right for you. You need to pursue the things that make you pa- that that drive passion in you, right? That really light you up, and. Um, as this concept of self-actualization, which um, is like a, a Maslow's law of hierarchy type thing. And Maslow talks about, he's a famous psychologist, talks about for us to get to the highest points of psychological development and achieve our full potential or explore our full potential, we must first fulfill certain other human needs, shelter, safety, security, um, you know, being fed, and other other kind of um, uh, logical needs, and then once we get there, and we have that stability and that kind of uh, foundation. Only then, if we're curious and we're interested, we can explore really our, our full potential. But what he does say, and I, I believe this to be completely true, is you've got to be pursuing something that makes you passionate, so you can be great at it. If you p- pursue something that you think you should be great at, but you're not passionate about. I really don't think you can reach your full potential. So if you're an accountant, but you love music, and music is what lights you up, and accounting doesn't really, but you're good at it, I think pursuing trying to be exploring your full potential for accounting is always going to leave something on the table. And therefore, when I look at Ed Sheeran, I say he is self-actualizing in in the spirit of the you know what he's created who he's become and his success because he's aligned himself to his passion and everyone else everyone's passion is unique 
their kind of unique greatness, the thing that they're, their potential, what they're here to do. He's found his thing and that's what's made him great. And therefore, that may be slightly fixed in my mentality, Brim, because I'm, I'm kind of saying every one of us has got something that we really, really, really feel passionate about. We may know it, we may not know it, but we've got to find that first if you really want to explore and create things which are great, beautiful, and your best. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I guess I guess there's there has to be some sort of limit or cap on certain things that you can't be um it depends what level you want to get to but let's just say world class if you want to be a world-class singer yet you can't sing how hard do you have to work to become world-class or can you become world-class um and that's a thick fixed mindset mentality isn't it if if i can't sing which i can't sing can i can i become a world-class singer in my mind the answer is 100 percent no but what I would say <laughs> about that is that then comes down to self-awareness. So you still adopt a growth mindset, but you also have to be self-aware to the point where you know what your where your limits may lie. Um, because for you, singing might be uh, you might be slightly limited in, in where you're going to go with that. So if you're aware enough, you go well. Actually, you know what? I could be world class. Um, in a certain sport as opposed to singing or an, an accountancy or something like that where where your talents actually lie or, or where your passion might lie but actually sorry passion passion might lead you down a certain path but it doesn't mean you're necessarily good at it you could be passionate about it but it doesn't mean that you're so you could be passionate about singing but when you sing you might sound god awful and then you try and develop that and you might try and master it for 10 years and then realize you know what i'm never going to sound like a cheering and i do think we see that right we do say that in 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 people that we know or uh, you know people that we've seen where there's such an insatiable desire to be great at x but from the outside we look at that individual and go that's not your gift man that's not what you should be pursuing. And you see it often like kids like obsess about wanting to sing and you're like, I don't know, maybe you're not getting good counsel. Maybe you're not getting good tuition. Maybe, you know, there's development you've not explored. Or maybe that just ain't your ain't your jam, right? But you want it to be. Like you want it so bad. And um, I don't know, I, I, that that's tricky. It's tricky to understand is that is that someone who's incredibly growth oriented or misguided it's difficult because i mean we've, we've all heard of stories where someone has literally come from the bottom and no one would have had faith or belief in what they've achieved and they've managed to do it and there's um a basketball player that was i think it was like five eight or something like that he wasn't a tall guy and he he wasn't built or made for basketball however he worked his ass off and became world-renowned and um that just shows that 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 hard work and persistence got him there but it depends what it is because like we're going back to keep going back to singing because that's um it's quite obvious whether you're a good singer or not um and I almost feel like you have to have a gift to, to be able to sing well. Um, whereas there's certain other areas where you can develop that skill. Yeah, that is true. It, it almost feels a bit a bit unique, isn't it? Like, you know, do your vocal cords 
you know, are they positioned in the right way for you to be able to put put sounds out that sound good or, or yeah. not? I don't know. Is it is it genetic or is it or is it practice? I think yeah. practice makes a big big difference to people's ability to sing, sing well, uh, you know, control their voice in incredible ways. I think practice is the big big part of it. But if the underlying musicality and ability to produce sound that is appealing to people's ears is not there i struggle to find someone who is tone deaf and think they can be a great musician and and i think this is where we the the growth mindset can still be um, adopted here because if you're a really bad singer that doesn't mean you can't get better you can definitely get better you can get 10 times better at singing if you seek out someone that can help you singing and you master it you're going to be much better but you just might not be world class so there's obviously still the same rule still applies um and that's where that's where that growth mindset still has to come in rather than having a fixed mindset, but also the self-awareness to know that maybe I'm not going to be world-class. However, I'm going to be able to sound um, much better than I currently um, do at the moment. Um, and that is where I come back to my point about the starting point. You, you Everyone almost has genetically, I say genetically loosely, but we all have a starting point in different areas and it might be, singing you might be great at singing and if you work on it you're going to be amazing um and there might be someone that's good or for singing and they they practice and they become great so there, there's always a starting point there and it's like well i can get better i could definitely get better anyone can get better but to what level mm. i do think you've used the word a couple of times Brent, where i think it's really important you you keep saying self-awareness and i i feel like that's such a powerful quality to continue to kind of surrender into which is the honesty as to who you are and how you think because quite frankly a lot of us have negative thoughts all the time whether it's about ourselves or others like how often without meaning without being deliberate do you judge someone you know I do it all the time I'm not necessarily coming from a place of malice, but someone does something or, you know, someone that, you know, I, I see see someone and go, okay, they're this or they're that. Like, I, I find myself often judging people as having f- fixed skills, right? And inability to improve, like people I used to work with or people that I know, that person's really great at X or then they shouldn't be doing the job they're doing. They're never going to be good at it. But like, I'd say that often and frequently. And part of me still believes that to some degree. But knowing that I do that almost shy, you know, puts a mirror on me and goes, Steve, like, you're clearly being fixed in your view of others. You might not be fixed in your ability to learn nutritional stuff or, you know, mindset-oriented stuff and, you know, understand yourself more. But you're not applying that growth mindset as you project out into the world because you're looking at individuals and you're saying they're fixed when you know they're not. And that self-awareness, I think that's so liberating. Once you can start seeing some of your weakness or where a fixed mindset projects into your life, you can do something about that, right? So I I honestly, logically can say, that's unfair for me to look at an individual and say that individual can never 
never get never get shredded or never uh, move beyond their fixed mindset because here's here's an important point you can go from being a having a fixed mindset to having a growth mindset but in my in my fixedness i can look at an individual and say they're never going to change they're going to continue to have envy of others um protect what they're good at but not put too much effort because then it will expose that they're probably not that great at it uh, and they'll do everything everything they can to protect their position of strength and not explore you know the the vulnerability of trying and failing with the with the potential to improve i look at individuals and say they're not going to go through that journey they won't do it but that that for me is me being fixed in my assertion that that individual can't change and i'm i'm sure like so many of us can relate to that because we've all been proven wrong by someone where we thought one thing about them and then they go and do the opposite and you think okay because you had a preconceived idea about what they could do because you had you had them in a box or a fixed mind yeah you almost had like a fixed mindset with your judgment on that person exactly it's just human nature we do this right we we all judge we don't you know whether that's good or bad we don't we don't um uh, mean to be uh, judgmental but we do and i know exactly what you're saying you'll look at someone you'll think they're never going to change or they're never going to sort their finances mm-hmm. out this and that and then they do and you're like wow and that's because they've um managed to adopt a growth mindset and they whether they've done it consciously or not i don't know but they um have managed to change their their habits and routines and whatnot that manage them to develop and, and grow and become better and you go oh all right well actually i need to change my um my uh fixed mindset on other people and that that's an important point that you're touching on because self-awareness isn't just going oh i'm aware i'm aware enough to know kind of what i'm good at and what bad at it is also on a daily basis where you catch yourself and i think that's where the real quality of self-awareness comes in is being able to catch yourself on a on a minute by minute basis um and catch your thoughts when they're manifesting so you're saying there you're, you're judging someone but then you almost stop and go hang on a minute steve i'm judging someone and then you then turn that back on you and then you start almost judging yourself because yes. you're self-aware enough to do that um and that's where i think the real power and self-awareness comes because i i i i have to catch myself when i have a fixed mindset which is more often than not and I've managed to develop the awareness to a point where I go, okay, I'm aware I'm doing it, so I need to stop it. So, okay, I've got a fixed mindset here and I need to change that. Um, and that's because I'm recognizing it within myself. And it's it's quite a challenging process, man, because when when you when you're willing to stop looking at the world as being wrong, um, and you start realizing that the wrongness in the world is just your projection, your wrongness projected onto the world. And you go, oh, shit. (laughs) Fuck, like, you know, people are just the way they are because I'm projecting my my negativity onto them. And they're just performing in in the way that I anticipate they're going to perform. Like, the the power you have, that conscious conscious power you have over how the world looks, either it's a great, marvellous, perfect world or it's a shit world and you're cynical of any everyone and everything and you're distrusting of everyone. Like, I've been there. I know what that feels like. I've been going through lots of cynicism, 
lots of skepticism, lots of distrust. And I've had to kind of go, is everyone out to get me? Or am I just projecting that? Am I not, am I trying to protect my own kind of intelligence, thoughts, ideas, and therefore labeling everyone else as being uninformed or manipulative? Or is that some trust and love issues that I just need to project that more love and I need to be more willing to embrace people and you know their their greatness and then that I know this is kind of like shifting a little way from this kind of this topic of fixed or growth mindset but in actual fact it is growth for me it is growth to say do you know what it is humbling to say or to stop labeling myself as having certain skills I've always said like I've always said that you know I'm a great salesman because my sales career has been splendid it really has and therefore it's easy because of the accolades and you know the trophies and the you know the financial benefit and just the kudos that I'd get across my industry and my bit you know the companies I worked for that I'm the shit I'm I'm really good at selling but that stops me from seeing my weakness that stops me from saying, actually, Steve, you do a lot more talking than listening. You do, you can be quite forceful. You have probably got ways to finesse your salesmanship that you're not leaning into because you're afraid to go from being the best sales guy to being weak because you're developing something you've not tried before. And I've had that, man. I've had that and I still have that. So having that awareness to go, you know, my talents can, my, my, my assets can become my liabilities. My assets can become my liabilities. I had, um, I had, I've done like, um, psychological assessment, um, on myself and understood my strengths and weaknesses. And I've spoken about that on the podcast previously and my strengths quite obvious. And my weaknesses are quite strong, uh, quite obvious lack of empathy, um, generally like the, the softer skills um have always been a struggle for me but the the futuristic possibility optimism uh hard work type skill sets have always been my strength and i can go down and say that's me i'm fixed i do these things well and intuitively and I, these other things i suck at so i'm just gonna have to accept my weakness and move on i, I lack empathy i lack compassion at a deep level I could say that, and that would be right here and now, that I struggle with those things. I'm definitely not as good as you or not as good as my wife at reading the tone and not and knowing when to tell the truth and when to say the right thing, which might not be the truth. But I know, Bryn, that that's a learnable, that's a learnable skill. And I want to become more empathetic. I want to be able to do what's right for you in this relationship and not just do what's right for me. I genuinely want to do that. And I realize that I'm actually holding myself back because I've had some views of myself that I've, I've labeled as fixed. Like, you know, I'm the smartest in the room and I can articulate better than others. And I have a dominance and that's just the way it is. And individuals want to be lectured. Like they don't, (laughs) they don't always be proved wrong. They don't always be dominated they want to win too. They've got pride. They've got they've got an ego. And I'm suppressing it. 
And now I'm starting to see these. I'm going like, fuck, Steve, like you are handicapping yourself with your fixed mindset of who you are and who you not who you aren't and what you can't change. And I believe I can change it, but it's going to take effort. Because as you said, my starting point is that much lower than say Michelle, who's just just got that empathy in spades. And that that's important because you understand that and you go, well, actually, you know what? Like empathy for me um, is worth doubling down on or working on. That is maybe a weakness. And you go, well, I, I need to work on empathy. Um, and, I, and I think there's a lot to be said as well. The fact that you left the job that you were already good at, because I can imagine getting being good at a job, you get a lot of praise for being good at that job. Um, to then leave that job and do something completely new, which is working for yourself and having to create new systems and um, ideas and, and, and just not be at the top. I can imagine that's quite a, uh, a shift, but I think that's, that's, that's great because it's almost adopting that uh, learner mindset, that, that growth mindset, which is a learner mindset, because you're now going, you know what, it doesn't, you know, I'm already at the top of my game in what I'm doing for my current job. And then you've you've now moved on and done something that you you're having to redevelop yourself and skills, but that's where the the true lessons come from, right? As you're saying there, you're really starting to learn about yourself, and you're going, wow, like Steve, I didn't realise I um I didn't have empathy or or um and certain things that that you've kind of exposed about yourself, and that's where a really crucial and and critical point for for um improving it is realizing that not not failure well, failure is 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 one way of learning and and realizing that failure is the path to success and that through and this is why i say not really just like failure because it's it's not that you're failing all the time it's just that you put yourself into a new new uh, challenge um which is meaning that you have to adapt in certain ways and grow and develop and that's probably making you learn about yourself 10 times quicker than you were learning about yourself in a job that you're already good at would you agree oh totally man like something that's really started to hit home about you know my my transition my life transition is if i'm honest you know the ugly truth is i thought my shit didn't stink when I was in my prior career, and that pivoting to something else, I had so much talent, it's just going to work. And everyone was saying to me, Steve, like, you're on the nuts at like, what you do, so you can do anything. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so then, you know, you, you go into this pursuit thinking, this is going to be a walk in the park, because I've got all these skills. Turns out it isn't, and it hasn't been. And um, it's been humbling and it's been, it's been painful, but I agree it hasn't been failure. I don't look at my journey so far and say it's been failure. I see it as growth. And I think that really is expressing that I have a growth mindset because I don't, I don't use the word failure. My wife continues to remind me that there's been many things that I have and continue to fail on. And I said, well, that's not failure. That's just a door that wasn't supposed to be opened or that's not the right door. I'm going to find the right door and I'm going to learn. I'm going to develop. I'm going to do things wrong. And I'm going to, okay, I need to do things differently because that's what people need. That's what I need. Um, so that's been humbling. But I would say that it feels like as if I've, um, my assets became my liabilities 
and I realized that I needed to go to zero. I needed to go to zero to then be able to re- rebuild Steve up again, but stronger in the in the definition of how I wanted how I want to be, you know, version 2.0, where I'm offering the world real value, not superficial value. So I, I've, I've needed to go into that kind of um, valley of despair. I've needed to go into, yeah, the kind of emptiness of kind of like rolling down the hill of success to go, okay, what, what do I do? What hill do I want to climb now? Is it the same hill? Am I trying to get back up to where I just came from? Or am I going somewhere else? Is there a new new mountain to climb? And that really has been that that for me. But it it is it is it's, the reason this conversation is meandering for me, Bryn, is because a growth mindset. It's very easy, and it's actually been an overused word. And a lot of people use growth mindset wrongly. They say that a growth mindset is being open minded. It isn't. It's got nothing to do with that. There's a couple of similarities, but it isn't that. And a lot of people say, yeah, I'm growth minded. I, you know, I've committed to training or I've committed to learning this new thing. But then when you explore their life, they've got all these fixed views of the world. But in one area of their life, they're expressing growth, perhaps because that's where they're comfortable. They've already developed a little bit of skill. They know they can. Like, for example, going back to it, like, I don't think I'm a particularly good dancer. But my ability to get better at dancing means I have to release myself of the fear of looking like a tit. And I'm not willing to do that. So therefore, I don't get any better. That's fixed. I'm I'm saying I'm not a good dancer. But I know if I went to salsa lessons, if I went to various other dance lessons, and I released the fear and vulnerability of looking like a tit, eventually, I'd get it. I know I've got rhythm. I just don't use it. And therefore, it's a bit clunky. So it's complicated, man. I think we're all, we all have fixed mindset tendencies. But I also believe that all of us express some growth mindedness in certain areas of their life. But it's been willing to expand that across many other areas of how you think of yourself and how you think of others. And I think the truly liberated place to be is realizing impossible is nothing. And we, we can get after anything we want with some realism with some, you know, honesty of things that are going to be much more difficult than others because you're starting at a really uh, low point or certain things that are just going to be difficult because you don't enjoy them. Just go, okay, that's fine. I don't have to be the world's best at everything. I just want to pursue my unique greatness in the area which is passionate and fuels me and doesn't feel like work. And I know when I do that, I have unlimited willingness to learn, develop, be challenged, get feedback. I get excited about other people's successes in that domain because I want to learn from them. And, you know, I, I don't have a scarcity mindset there because it's like, it's passionate. I know that was a bit of a ramble, man. What, what, no, no, no. what do you think like, of any of that? You've touched on some really good points that kind of got me thinking because I was like, you know, because I'm, I'm constantly thinking about what is this, what, what does it mean to have a growth mindset? And that was a really important point that you made there that someone might be developing uh, or, or thinking they have a my, uh, growth mindset just because they are um, trying something new, and, and as you put it, open uh, open mindedness is not quite the same as being growth having a growth mindset. 
So being open-minded, it's like, okay, well, I'm open to trying new ideas, but then you look at the rest of their life and they have fixed views upon the world and themselves. So then I started thinking, what does that mean? Like, what, what, what does what does growth mindset mean? Then I start thinking, ah, okay, well, because I'm, you know, we're still trying to make sense of this, you know, or, or get as much clarity on this as possible. And um, yeah, so I started thinking, well, I guess the growth mindset is at the point which you know that you can improve on anything in your life. So if you're if you're if you have a fixed mindset because you're like I'm, I'm open-minded and I'm trying this sport and I'm learning and I'm getting better and I believe I can get better at, at this sport, but then you have fixed uh, mindset elsewhere. I still feel you have a fixed mindset. Whereas if you go, you know what, I, I'm open-minded, so I'm going to try this sport. I'm going to get better at it. I, I believe I can get better at it, uh, whatever level that is. It, it, it's case by case, but. I also believe that anything I put my hand at, I can get better at because I know that I'm not, I can't, there's certain things I can't become world-class at. However, I know that I can get better at everything now, at everything. If I put the work in, I can get better. To what standard? It's all different. That's belief, isn't it? It's believing that you can, not necessarily once, not having a, look, it'd be naive of us to say, Bryn, write 10 things you want to get amazing at and the world will give it to you, just put in enough effort. I think, one, we've got a capacity issue, right? We do have, you know, there's there's only a finite amount of energy you have, right, to get after passions, right? You can't have a passion about everything in the world, right? You just can't. So you kind of have to kind of pick your lane to some degree. Actually, not to some degree, definitely. You look at Einstein, uh, you look at, um, you know, Edison, you look at, famous artists and scientists across the world they had to pick a lane they obsessed about one thing beethoven obsessed about one thing he got great at that he isn't also he wasn't also world class at basketball and driving a sports car and you know you know being you know a culinary expert like no that doesn't really work. Like if you look at the best psychologists, the best authors, the, you know, the best at anything, they're typically fucking amazing at that one thing and probably quite average across many other things and or shit at many other things, but they're okay with that. So I think there's having a belief that anything is attainable as in if I really, really, really wanted to, I can up my, up my skill across any domain in life or i can help others up their skill in any other domain in their in their life but there comes a point where you have to pick a lane and you've only got a finite amount of resource and really trying to be great at too many things d- diminishes your potential yeah. right yeah. i think for me like the beauty of this is the it, it now gives you the ability to choose what you want to improve at so now I'm going, okay, well, growth mindset, that means I can improve at, at anything. So now it's what do I want to get better at and how good can I realistically good at that thing? So if I don't get better at something, I'm okay with that because I'm like, you know what, that's just because I haven't put the work in. Rather than give myself a hard time going, mm. I'm not good at it because of um, – who I am and, and where I was born and my parents. I'm like, you know what? The reason I'm not good at that is because I just haven't worked hard at that, but I want to be good at say public speaking. And if I truly want that enough, I can get good at it. 
to what level. Again, it depends on every individual. But if I think or have an awareness to know that I actually probably could get quite good at it to the point where I could potentially do a TED talk and I want it bad enough, the only gap between me and that TED talk is then persistency and hard work and having disciplined practice, practicing the right things and then repetitively doing that to the point where I become a master at it. And that's the beauty for me because it's now in my control and I decide what I want to get better at and whether I want to do that. I do think, I do think a a big thing that gets in the way is fear. I think fear is such a strong force in most people's lives. And public speaking is a great example a great example of how most people express fear. Most people don't enjoy the idea of public speaking, whether it's in front of their team, um, in front of a small crowd of 10 people, 15 people, or getting on a TED Talk stage. People just clam up with the idea of it because it's fear, right? It's fear, it's vulnerability, it's you know being judged, uh, it's being sh- in having shame, for getting things wrong it is such a powerful powerful force in our lives that to be growth minded you need to work on your issue with fear as well right and fear is is human survival right we we have we have fear as an emotion because it serves us you know for the millions of years of our evolution fear has helped us identify threat and survive right in that moment when we're under attack or there's a predator you know running running us down fear is what drives us to shift our arms and legs and drive up cortisol and adrenaline and find a way out of that problem to survive but unfortunately in today's world those kind of physical manifestations of of safety are by and large gone and what we're left with is the just the, the weighing down of emotional fears that we have across every aspect of modern life and one of those things could be public talking public speaking and i think unless you're able to do some self-work on understanding where your fear manifests from and being able to let go of some of these emotion negative emotions i don't think you can be growth-minded and have lots of fear in your life i don't think those two exist I think you need to be able to quieten the fear in your mind to enable you to be growth-minded. What do you think about that? Well, here's another quote for you, Steve. Um, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, do the thing you fear the most and fear itself will move out of its way, out of your way, sorry. Mm -hmm. So I heard that from Elliot Hulse and I was like, that is so true because as you're almost saying there that they don't, they can't kind of, live together and i think that's because action kind of cures fear so i think when you take action the thing that you were fearful of will move out of the way it will yeah. resolve um and, I, and I've, I've i've experienced that so i remember reading in front of a class when i was really 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 young and it's just a very um a brief brief kind of memory that i have and I remember just standing there and I couldn't read the book in front of the class. I was, my voice was shaking and my body just kind of took over and I, I was terrified. And I've then always had a fear of public speaking growing up. But now, I mean, we're, we've done podcasts and um, 
I've done workshops and seminars in front of people. And the, the, the fear factor has, it's still there to a degree, but when I do it, it definitely moves out of the way. And the minute I start talking, it dissolves, it goes. Um, and then obviously every time I repeat that, it gets less and less and less and I get more and more com- uh, comfortable. You start to enjoy these, these things so, there, right? Exactly. And, and that's where it's okay. Well, I can actually um, get better at this. So I, I'm not, I'm not fixed and I don't have to um, just accept that I'm not good at talking in front of um, crowds of people or, or live on a podcast. And um, yeah, that, that's that been a big lesson for me. Um, and that's why you can't allow fear to, to cripple you and stop you because it, it will move out of the way. But action for me is that cure. But yeah, you, you have a belief that action is the cure. 100%. And therefore yeah. you do it. But if you don't have that yeah, belief yeah. structure, we go, you know, we go back down to belief, self-identity, and self-awareness. Unless you yeah. can understand that, you know, fear dissolves with action, and fear's purpose, fear's role in life, has a half-life, a very, very short half-life. The message of fear is: there's risk. Change your behavior now, right? It's half-life is like 15 seconds, like 20 seconds. Like we need to be able to acknowledge the fear, change our change something, move on, change, do, move on. But instead we allow fear to be perpetuating and chronic and linger and strengthen through rumination and anxiety and worries. And we've got to understand that fear really doesn't have a purpose to be present constantly. You don't want to say that we shouldn't be fearful because Without fear, we would be complacent, and in complacency, we would not survive, right, at the kind of grassroots level of an animal in the field, right? If you're just overtly complacent, you'll get taken down. So fear has an important role in life, but we need to be able to put it in a box, and we need to understand what you've just said is which action dissolves fear, and you've got to believe that, believe that. And the last thing I wanted kind of to say on this is through my – through my work at Adaptation, I have, you know, had some of this kind of self-reflection and also this kind of awareness that there's many people that have um, have envy of my situation, whether it's the v- physique I have or the relative wellness that they perceive, or you know, the work ethic or the confidence to do what I do, whether it be on the podcast or write stuff or just generally put myself out there. And I can sense that envy. And some people are willing and honest enough to say, I am envious of you. I kind of hate you a little bit. I get frustrated with you a little bit because you're projecting something out there into the world, which I know I can't have. You have a skill set and a focus and an energy and a commitment and a self-belief that I don't have. And therefore, when I look at your body and I look at my body, when I look at your talents and I look at my current level, you're just winding me up now. And I hear that. I, I genuinely hear that because I think there's there's some reflection I need to do about making sure I do not, you know, stir up those emotions. But honestly, what I hear is self-doubt, shame, guilt, fear, anxiety, lack of self-belief, and a level of fixedness in their mind. Because I'm not doing anything incredible. I really am not. I don't have any outcomes which others can't achieve. My physique 
is not particularly, you know, outstanding. It isn't. And I know it ca- it's come from no genetic benefit. It definitely has, yeah, hasn't been genetic. And it hasn't come from some secret source of training that no one else has access to, nor has it come from any level of stoicism, which is unattainable or unaccessible. It hasn't. Any, everything and everything I've done has been completely doable by anyone else who wanted it. Now, someone might say then, you know, honestly, Steve, I actually don't want to put in the effort because I don't really care for your physique. Like, I, I admire it, but I don't care. I, you know, if I don't have it, it's fine. I say, okay, if that's you speaking your truth, I'm cool with that. Because I'm not saying I've got a physique that everyone should want. But if you, at, at an honest level, would like to have my physique, stop fucking telling yourself the story that you can't get it. Because you can. And that is something I'm trying to process. Trying to not be judgmental of other people's fixed kind of view of their themselves and also their fixed view of me but trying to work out how I can help and, and that and that's where it comes down to your decisions and you decide whether you want it because at the end of the day if you want something hard enough you'll get it and I know that I <clears throat> so for me I have sort of some like I have three things that I prioritize in my life. So number one is being a dad first and 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 a husband. Number two is being a coach and my career and trying to master being a really good coach. And number three is trying to have a body and be an athlete um and be at a certain level. But that is number three on my priority list. So because that's number three on my list, that means that it's still a high priority. Number three sounds like I don't prioritize it, but I do because it's on my top three. But that means that I'm probably going to be sitting around 10, 12% body fat. Um, I'm probably only going to train four to five times a week, sometimes three times a week. Um, and I'm not going to be tracking my macros and absolutely um, smashing it. And I'm not going to be shredded. I'm okay with that because that's number three. However, if I flip that priority list and I put that to number one, and that was now my number one priority, I probably could get to a single digit percent body fat. I would um, prioritize. Not probably, 100%. 100%, like not probably, 100%, yeah. And But I know that it's on number three of my list, so I'm okay with being a little bit soft around the edges. As long as my health is good and I'm in reasonable shape to the point where I can be an example, um, but I know that I'm not going to be absolutely shredded. Now, things might change, but I know that my priority for me is being present with Josh right now because he's nine months old, so I want to be as round as much as I can. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, it takes me out of the gym a little bit, and, and it means that I'm not on my phone tracking as much. Um, I want to be present for Lisa. Um, I want to do a lot of studying and research and making sure that I'm sharpening my sword as a coach. And again, these things mean it takes away from me um, focusing on my physique. So I'm okay with not being in the best shape of my life, um, but I'm still managing it and it is still priority. It is just not number one for me. Um, But that's kind of going back to my point is, that, but, do, do, but do you not think you have some level of fixed mindset? And this isn't judgment. This is just, you know, with the with the view of trying to have an open, open and honest dialogue. Yeah. Do you not feel at some level you have a level of fixedness as it relates to what your true potential could be 
given your history, given your current physique, and given you know your stature, do you do you feel that there are limits that you self-impose as to what can be done that maybe you don't want to you don't want to confess to, but kind of sit there subconsciously, kind of holding you back a bit? To a little, maybe, maybe to a degree. Um, but I think for me, this is more about me learning that I used to think that you could have perfect sort of harmony and balance in your life upon everything. And, and actually, you, you, you were the one that kind of brought it to my attention in an early podcast um, when we first started. And I remember disagreeing, saying, "No, I think there is balance." And you were like, "No, there, there's not balance. Like you that." if you if you up one thing it that reciprocal inhibition it like pulls the other thing down almost like there, there's um only so much energy and time you have mm. um and therefore you have to pick and choose where that energy goes um and for me that that's where i've learned um rather than kind of having the fixed mindset of it's my genetics and i'm and i'm not in because I would agree that I'm not as in good shape as you right now. So I, I'm rather than me being envious and being like, Steve's got the genetics. It's like, actually, I know that Steve's just put in the work and he's been consistent with it. And, um, maybe that's a higher priority for Steve right now. Not that the other things aren't, it might be that your situation and scenario is slightly different. As an example, um, I spend six hours a week driving back from work. So I know that I am a little bit more spread thin because of travel. So my time is a bit more spread, things like that. So that's where I have to kind of be realistic a little bit and go, well, I, I know if, if, if I want to be um, in the shape that I want to be in, there's no limit on that. Like I could be in the best shape of my life um, if I choose to. Now I could still be, an amazing dad to, to Josh and husband and get better at my, um, what I do as a job and be in incredible shape. I believe that. Yes, I still do. But I don't know if I want the, the, the hard work enough at the moment because I, I feel like life is pretty good at the minute. And I know that that comes with a level of, of sacrifice and hard work. But there will be a point where I might sort of turn that dial up a little bit on number three and go, you know what? I want to be in better shape because summer's summer's like literally around the corner. I've got a holiday in four weeks. Um, so you know what? I'm going to turn that dial up a little bit more. So I might have to then push back on. Um, I don't know what it might be. It might be sleep. It might be um, a little less downtime watching Netflix, whatever it might be. Um, but I do know that there's definitely um, uh an element of turning dials up and down. Does that make sense? I mean, it does, man. And uh, you know, you, you got you triggered uh, triggered a thought, which is something I'm, I'm grappling with. Which is, you often find that when someone has extreme achievement, or is an expression of what you want, and you know, the gap between them and you is great. And let's use physique, for example. Steve's got muscle that's probably taken years to develop, and he's 30, 40 pounds lighter in terms of body fat than I am. And I'm older. So that sounds like almost impossible. Uh, and I don't think I'm willing to put in the work that he's put in, and or my life doesn't gift me the freedom to even do that if I wanted to. 
So then you you then go, but I would love that physique. Like if if I could snap my fingers, I'd have it. But then the conversation then goes to, but do I even really want it? Like, is it even going to matter? Actually, do you know what? Physique is just for people with ego. Physique is for people that are just obsessed about this and that they're not enjoying life. They're they're not they're not embracing that other stuff. You know, it's either or. It's either I love my life and I'm happy with my life and I'm content with my life, or I pursue lifting weights as a as a means to love myself a little bit more. And I find that fascinating because I know that's the story that goes through many people's minds when they're confronted with the challenge of developing their physique to not just losing a bit of weight, because I think that is relatively easy. It's developing a physique, which is not just the defining, but the developing, the building, which it takes a long time to build the symmetry, the muscles, and the physique that you probably want. So I I struggle with with that from a mindset perspective. Is like, what is the truth for that individual? Is the truth that they honestly don't care? And it's just like a, it's a bit of a desire, but it's not something that really matters. Or does it matter enough, but they're suppressing it because they don't believe they can do it and or they don't want to put the work in? And this isn't trying to come from a place of judgment. This is just trying to come from a place of understanding myself as well as everyone else is what, what is the truth? And do you ever do, do you ever feel that, Bryn, like that sometimes you're making sacrifices on desires and now you're actually labeling that des- desire as shallow and unnecessary and not not worth it. And actually, you know, it's only lesser people that have those desires when you're enlightened or you look at the bigger picture or you value, you know, social or friends or family. Actually, that desire is pointless and therefore I can justify that. I can justify my inaction and I can justify my judgment on that individual saying they're shallow, egocentric, and, you know, they've got issues. Try and unpack that a little bit. How do you feel about all of that? I just feel like, um, I mean, it's hard to unpack, uh, you know, the psychology behind why someone would want to be in, in or, or the actions they take and want to be a certain way. But I, I do feel that there's there's a level of priority and it depends whether your priorities lie in, as you say, socializing, seeing friends, family, um, or, or, or being absolutely shredded. Not that you can't have both, but they do kind of push and pull a little bit from one another. Um, and I mean, kind of going back to me again, my experience is that for me, it's a matter of speed. So I'm like, well, right now, like don't get me wrong. I'm still, it's still priority to be in better shape. Now, I don't know why I want to be in better shape. I'm talking from an aesthetic standpoint mm-hmm. and that is probably shallow. And and when I say shallow, that might be because of my ego or insecurities because I do have a level of insecurity um, when it comes to my body. And I think a lot of people do. I think that's only natural. And I'm quite happy to admit that, but it's not crippling and it's not, it's not a big, big issue. It's just, I think, it's just it's there but so what i'm doing now is i'm i'm not giving myself a hard time and going why am i not in incredible shape right now because i go well actually because i've i'm prioritizing other things in my life at the moment um and i have been in better shape however that being said i am still improving my body i'm just taking the longer route 
so I'm still reading about training. I'm still um, investing in my training in, in programs. I'm still looking at ways in which I can get better in the gym and progressive overload. And my body is still progressing. And as you say, it takes years to really kind of sculpture and, and, and build muscle and definition. And my body is definitely much better as a result as it was five years ago, because I am more um, disciplined. And again, I have a growth mindset. So I know that it is all about repetition and hard work and practice. And that, that means I am more consistent with my training. I'm just not in tip top shape right now because it's not number one as it's number three, but I am still progressing and improving. It's just going to take me that much longer, um, whatever that endpoint is. And I know it's not about the endpoint; It's about the process. Um, but for me, that 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 endpoint is going to be much further away than if I was to bump that up to number one on my priority list and give it absolutely everything. It's an interesting point, isn't it? And I, and I think, you know, tying a bow around all of this you know the point I'm, the reason i made this is that i think you know there, there is a level of fixed um it's a fixed mindset to suggest that uh, i cannot achieve something as i say simple because it is simple it's just hard simple as creating a body that is you know the best version of myself i'm not suggesting everyone can walk around like arnie because you know there, there, there's there's a lot that goes into that physique not not least the anabolics but it's that that's that's not what I'm talking about. But everyone has the the God given right to be in their best possible, you know, human appropriate physicality. Everyone has that opportunity. Everyone does, and the science and that process is not actually that complicated, really. When you take out, you know, when you take away all the all the knowledge we have, and you you boil it down to the things that need to be done, it's consistency, it's effort, it's nutrition, and it's perseverance. So when I when I hear people saying they can't, what I'm hearing is is that's a fixed mindset. Now, what I struggle with is when I can't become, I don't need to, and I don't need to. Not because I don't want to, but because I don't believe it's possible. And that therein lies, I guess, the conundrum of a fixed mindset, which is how do you take a desire, an interest, and not devalue it, devalue it because you're scared of it? And how do you actually say, I do have an interest. I do have a desire. I know it'd be good for me. I want to be my best. This is within my gift. I'm not going to devaluate it because devalue it because it's hard. I'm going to embrace that hardness. And I appreciate this is going to take years, but it's worth it. Hundred percent. I think you've uh, summed that up very well. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's difficult. It's difficult for me to get my head around. But this has been useful, man. Um, I think. Uh, the combination of this conversation and maybe some notes I put into the show notes will help kind of um, bring bring that clarity, that contrast between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. But I think ultimately, and I think we, we all struggle with having a fixed mindset, as I think both you and I, Bryn, today have, have demonstrated. We do have fixed mindset tendencies. 
but growth, right? It's like a seedling that just wants to grow and wants to flourish. I think it's innately within humans to want to grow, to want to develop, to want to improve, become more, uh, to explore our greatness, to reach out for our full potential. I think that is within all of us. But we've got all these programs and fears and anxieties that hold us back from, from exploring that. And that may be expressed in your life as actually looking talented and capable, but you're still limiting yourself because there's a joy, a joy that you 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 are not feeling because you're trying to stay within your lane of I'm great, I'm a great salesman. Therefore, I will do nothing that shows you that I'm not a great salesman. Do you know what I mean? Or I'm I'm great at this sport, but I'm not going to learn a new style of doing that sport because then that will expose my weakness. Like there's, there's opportunity around for people that consider themselves to be without talent or without gift or people that already see themselves as gifted. Like you, you hold yourself back from joy and opportunity and an expression of your full potential by being fixed. And therefore I'd say like embrace being self-aware, really look at how you think about yourself and others and know that it's okay to be fixed. But what's, I guess, not okay is to know that you've got a fixed mentality and not want to try and loosen it up a little bit and explore growth. Yeah, well said. And I think um, for me, if I was to sum- summarise kind of what we were covering today, um, going back to the fir- one of the first points you said was your beliefs and believing that you, you can get better at anything Um, and there will be a level of um, identity change understanding that you will be changing your identity and that's because you have to act in the person that you want to become there's self-awareness so it has to be a level of self-awareness and your self-talk has to be um, a level of of, of positive self-talk and what you're saying to yourself Um, taking action with discipline practice and taking ownership Understanding that failure is growth, so don't be afraid of failing. Or like we said earlier, it's not necessarily always failure, but challenges, and just understanding that's where real growth is. Um, A word that I like to use is yet. So understanding that if I do come across something where I have a fixed mindset and I say that I'm not any good at it, I'll put yet at the end of it. So I'll go, I'm not good at it yet. By using that word, I feel that's quite a powerful way of – changing and shifting my perspective and just understanding as well there's always a solution there's always a solution to everything and anything that you do whether you come up with a solution or you seek it and find it from someone else um those are the points i have steve and um, that's kind of how i see it in my head and how how i summarize it cool keep growing man thanks for thanks for the session and uh let's do this again soon hopefully next time face to face yeah great thanks for having me on cheers man appreciate it So this is what I want to know. Has this conversation got you thinking? I don't know what position you was in before this call, but hopefully after listening to this episode, you are reflecting on just how growth-minded are you? Not to suggest you aren't, but are there aspects of your personality or your thoughts or your beliefs that are maybe holding you back because you're judging others or yourself with a fixed mindset? And if you want to read more about this space, then I would highly recommend the book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. I'm sure you'll enjoy that book and enjoy the growth ahead.
Hopefully this and every other episode you've listened to so far proves that we are all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health and mindset. We want you to be your best. And to be your best, you need to invest in yourself. So do go check out the Be Your Best Self-Optimization Journey. The details are in the episode notes. It is a fantastic, unique and exciting program of self-discovery, self-optimization and self-actualization. I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy it, but irrespective, I just want you to make the most out of your life. So I'm going to let you go now and you can crack on and be your best. If you enjoy this show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might enjoy the show. Feel free to get in touch with us via our website, adaptnation.io, or your favorite social media channel. This has been Adapt Nation. Till next time, thanks for listening.